Well, today we get to start a brand new series that's all about love, all about love. And so this morning as we start this, we want to let you know that we want to spend the next 40 days focused on learning to love like Jesus, learning to love like Jesus. Because if you really want your life to count, you've got to focus it on what's most important. Because have you learned already in life that you don't have the time or energy to do everything? <laughs> right? Anybody? Am I the only one? <laughs> All right. We don't have the time or the energy to do everything, and so we've got to learn to focus our lives on what's most important. And so Jesus, knowing that our time and our energy is limited, he tells us the most important thing that we're to focus our lives on if we want our lives to count, and that one thing is love. He wants us to focus our lives on love. Take a look at this, Matthew chapter 22. On your uh, iPhone, in your Bible, or on the screen, take a look at this. Jesus was asked this question, which is the most important command? And so a lot of commands in the Bible throughout Scripture. So he was asked, which is the most important? And Jesus said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second most important is similar, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Now look at those words, most important, and then second most important. Jesus says these are the two things that matter most in all of life. Loving God first and most, and second, loving others as much as yourselves. Now when Jesus created you, here's the question, he loves you so much, he wants to spend eternity with you. When he created you, why didn't he let you just live immediately in perfect heaven instead of on this imperfect earth? Most of us are going to live 50, 60, 80, 90 years maybe, but then we're going to spend the rest of eternity in heaven if we're a Christian. So why didn't Jesus just already put you in heaven at the very beginning of your life? Well, the Bible tells us why. He puts you on earth to learn two things, to love God first and most, and to learn to love others as much as yourself. Here's the bottom line. Folks, we need to learn that life is not about acquisition, getting all we can get. This life is not about accomplishment, how much can you do? This life is not about achievement, how much you can earn, because folks, you're going to leave all of that behind when you die. But our society tells us, acquire, get all you can get, accomplish all you can do, achieve all you can get. And there's some good to that. And, and there's some scriptural things about that. But we're going to leave all of that behind when we die. I'm sorry to tell you this, but folks, you're not going to take all the stuff that you've acquired to heaven. You're just not. That car that you love, that special piece of china that was passed down from grandma and grandma and grandma to you, that, that house that you live in, you, you're not going to take it to heaven. You, you're not going to take the diplomas, the awards that you've accomplished to heaven. You're not going to take that piece of property or that cash you've got saved up or those retirement funds that you've achieved. You're not going to take any of that to heaven. But you are going to take this to heaven. You're going to take your character to heaven. You're going to take you 
into eternity. So Jesus puts you on this earth to develop your character into one that loves him and into one that loves others as much as you love yourself. And if you've done those two things, Jesus is saying you've done the two most important things in your life. And so if you get those two things, he's saying you've got it. So in conclusion this morning, thank you for coming to Canyon Hills. (laughs) See you next Sunday. (laughs) Now the Lord's put more than that on my heart this morning. Now we all know that love is important, but we tend to forget it. I mean, we get distracted by so many different things to do in this life. So this morning, as we begin this new series, we're going to look at what I call the three laws of love. Because if you are going to ever become a great lover of God and a great lover of others, you're going to have to remember these three laws. You're going to have to follow these three laws in your life. Here's the first law of love. Write this down. The best use of life is love. That's the very best use of your life is to love God and to love others. Making sure that you love God and others should be your number one priority, your number one ambition, your number one objective. Those two things are the best ways to use your life. Now, why is that? It's because, write this down, love validates your faith. Your love validates your faith. You see, the first thing that love does is validate your faith. It proves that you really are in a relationship with God who is, by very nature, God, but also, by very nature, love. It proves that you are inhabited by God who is love. And so your love validates your faith. Now, if you ever go to visit the uh, White House, you've got to prove your identity. You've got to prove provide some documents that prove who you are. They might take even a, a thumbprint to, just to prove that you are who you really say you are. And that's true with a lot of things in life. You go to the ATM, you put in your ATM card, but you can't get any cash unless you put in your pin, right? To prove you are who you say you are. To prove your identity. And so in order for you to get into heaven, you have to validate your identity, You have to prove that you really are a child of God, that you really are trusting Christ, that you really do know him, that you have a relationship with him. And so how do you prove that you are a Christian, that you are a Christ follower, that you do belong to Jesus, that you do belong to his family? Here it is, by your love. Jesus says it this way, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then look at these next two words. By this, by this love, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Folks, love is the proof that you are who you say you are, that you are a Christ follower. Because the Bible also says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Folks, love validates your faith. It proves that you are a child of God. Next, then love integrates your life. Everybody builds their life around something. Some build their lives around money, becoming as rich as possible. Some build their lives around fame, trying to become as well-known as possible. Some build their lives around all kinds of hobbies, becoming engaged with those hobbies as much as possible. Friends, there are lots of things 
that you can make the dominant thing of your life, the center, the, uh, the, the core of your life, but what you need at the center of your life, what you need to be the most dominant, important thing of your life, that everything else revolves around is love. The Bible says the only thing that's strong enough for your life is love. The Bible says this, love is more important than anything else. It ties everything completely together. Listen, friends, when when love for God and love for others is at the core of your heart, it provides integrity in your life. It ties every part of your life together. It's like this. Here's the truth. Your love for God and others impacts what you do and what you don't do in your social life. If you really love God first and most and you love others as yourself, it impacts what you do and what you don't do in your financial life. It impacts what you do and what you don't do in your church life. It impacts what you do and what you don't do in your sex life. It impacts what you do and what you don't do in your work life. When you love God first and most and others as yourself, that kind of love integrates into every single part of your life. And so you're not one person in one place and then you're another person in another place. You have integrity in your whole life. Wherever you go, whatever you do flows out of your love for God and your love for others. Next, love compensates for your sin. That means that when you blow it, when you sin, when you fumble, that God doesn't first say, did you sin? But instead he asks, do you love me? You see, the person that loves God He says, your love for me will cover your sin. Take a look at this scripture. The Bible says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. What's that mean? Well, first of all, it means that when when you love Jesus first and most, he does forgive all your sins. He washes away all your sins. Jesus came to earth. He died on a cross that was much more ugly than this one, and he did that to pay for your sins. And he stretched out his hands and he said, I love you this much. I, holy God, I'm gonna take the sins of the world upon myself and I'm gonna die for you. I'm gonna take the punishment that you deserve because I love you. And Jesus said, because I love you, everything you have ever done and everything you will ever do that's wrong and sinful, I will forgive. And now that is good news, amen? What else does that mean? Second, it means that when you love others as much as you love yourself, it covers up a multitude of sins. When you show love to others, even when they've hurt you, just like Jesus shows love to you, even though you have hurt him, it covers up your sins. When people hurt you, but you let them off the hook, when people hurt you, but you give them some slack and grace, When people hurt you, but you forgive them completely. When people hurt you, but you treat them like Jesus treats you. When you do those kinds of things, Jesus says, when you show love to others, it covers a multitude of sins. Folks, love for God and others covers our sins. Real love 
When somebody hurts you, doesn't rub it in, and you say, you dirty, rotten scandal, I'm just gonna make you remember everything you've done to me. But love doesn't rub it in. God, like love, rubs it out. It says, you're forgiven. It's done. It's gone. I love you. That's what real love does. The Bible says this. Look at this. I love this scripture. God wiped out the charges that were against us for disobeying the law. He took them away and nailed them to the cross. Now, I think one of the greatest stories in the Bible is the story of King David. He was a king of Israel, but he wasn't a perfect guy. He wasn't a perfect king. In fact, as you read the scripture, you find out that he lied, he cheated, stole another guy's wife, then he had the husband of that wife murdered to cover up his sin. David was not a perfect king, not a perfect guy. But one thing that David did right was this. When he blew it, he confessed his sin, and then he turned away, repented from it, and didn't do it again. And why? Because deep in his heart, he loved God. And he wanted with all of his heart to please God. So get this, more important than you being perfect is that you love God with all of your heart. More important than being perfect is that you love others more than yourself. Do you know why God uses me? It's not because I'm just so incredibly handsome. It's not because I'm just so incredibly perfect. Not at all. God uses me in spite of my imperfections because he knows that I love him with all my heart. He knows that from the age of seven when I gave myself to him as my savior and my Lord in a small little church in Iowa, that from that day on, imperfect as I was, I wanted to serve God and give back with all of my heart. And I've tried to do that. So God looks down at me and he says, Larry, in spite of all of your goof-ups, I'm going to use you. And I'm, I'm going to bless you. And that's what God wants to say to you and about you. That guy, that gal, they're not perfect, but they love me. And I'm going to use them. I'm going to bless them beyond their imagination. Folks, love validates your faith. It shows that you really are a follower of God. It integrates your life. It, it, it takes you every place you go and it impacts everything you do to the, make sure it's to the glory of God. Love then compensates for your sin. It covers a multitude of sins. And then next, love, listen, love reverberates forever. What's that mean? It means that the effects of your love go on and on and on and on for all eternity. It's like this. Your love has an, a reverberating effect that echoes into eternity. In fact, I like to say this. Your loving actions are the only things that are going to echo for eternity. The hungry people that you fed the homeless person that you helped, the widow that you came alongside of, the orphan that you took in, the discouraged person that you stuck with and helped them dig out of a pit of discouragement, the sick person that you took a meal to, the grieving person, the jobless person. Those things that you do out of love for God and love for others, 
Those are the things that are going to echo into eternity. Everything else we do is, is just temporary. But every action of love reverberates into eternity and God will reward you for each one of those. The Bible says this, three things will continue forever. Faith, hope, and here it is, and love. And then God says, and the greatest of these is love. Folks, people are gonna forget the work you've done. They're gonna forget the money that you've made. They're gonna forget that position that you aspired to and climbed up to and claimed. They're gonna forget all of that. But people are gonna remember the times that you showed love to them. They're gonna remember that. So I hate to tell you, but one day, if you've got trophies on the shelf from high school or college, they're gonna be trashed one day. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but your merit jet badges that you got in Boy Scouts, they're gonna turn into a mangled bit of mushy material someday. Those sports records that you got, they're gonna be surpassed. That gold retirement watch will one day stop ticking. But whatever you did for others in love will be remembered and rewarded. You know, I've been with lots and lots of people, both in their home or in the hospital, where they took their very last breath and they moved from this life into eternity. Been with lots of people. Not once has any one of them ever asked me, Pastor, would you go get that trophy off the shelf? I want to look at it one last time. Not one of them ever asked me to get them something of material value. It's always been, I want to be around the people that I love and the people who love me. It's always been about loving relationships at that last dying breath. And folks, life is about loving relationships, not accomplishments. Yes, God wants us to use our gifts with excellence, do the best we can, and, and be a witness through our excellence. But life is really about loving relationships. And hopefully we'll figure that out before we're on our deathbed. Amen? Amen? We need to figure that out. The Bible says this, no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt if I'm without love. That means... Unless you're loving God with all of your heart, unless you're doing loving acts for others, you really are bankrupt. You, you've really got nothing that will last. Your life really is empty and meaningless. You're bankrupt. So why are we doing a series called 40 Days of Love? Why are we focusing on 40 Days of Love? Because I want the rest of your life to be the very best of your life. I want you to learn how to love God first and most and others as yourselves. But for that to happen, you need to decide today that I am going to make God first and most. You've got to decide that today. And I'm going to begin loving others like never before. If we're really honest, the truth is most of us give most of our love and most of our time to everything else but God and others. It's time for us to figure out the best use of our lives is love and the best expression of our love is then time. Write that down, time. 
Now, you've heard a lot of people say over the years, I can't really give my family or my friends quantity time, but folks, let me tell you, I do give them quality time. Heard that? I heard that all my life. I give them quality time. But listen close now. Here's here's a Pastor Larry saying, if you want to write it down, all right? Here's a brand new saying. It's only in the quantity of many moments that things of quality take place. It's only in the quantity of many moments that things of quality take place. Listen, your family would rather have you for just 20 minutes every day than for one awesome Disney cruise a year. Kids, I can't give you time right now. I'm busy. I'm building the company. I'm I'm climbing the ladder. I can't give you much time, but we're going to get to a Disney cruise such and such a date. And then you spend a great cruise with your kids and you go back and they never see you again. I'll never forget when Shirley and I were starting Canyon Hills. I was working 90 to 100 hours a week for the first two and a half years. And one day God spoke to my heart that I was leaving my family in the dust. And that I needed to make some changes. And I would come home from the church and and I would drive that 91 back to Corona. You know how fast that goes, right? creep, you know, and I would get home and I would be so exhausted. I, I didn't have any energy for my kids, let alone Shirley. And I, I just came to that place and God spoke to my heart that I had to love them and I had to love God first and most and in my family. And so I began to say, God, I'm going to give them the first 20 minutes when I get home. When I walk in that door, my wife, my kids are going to get the first 20 minutes. And so we put a basketball hoop up out back. And as soon as dad got home, I brought the basketball in for the garage. And we walked into the backyard and we started bouncing, shooting hoops and doing things like that. And we did some other things, kicking the ball around. And I decided I needed to give them that kind of time. I need to express my love for them in moments, in time. It changed our, it changed our family relationships just letting them know that I was available to them, even though it was short, and they always beat me in horse, and so, you know, we were done. The Bible says this, we must show love through actions that are sincere, not through empty words. What's the most desired gift of love? I mean, when you see two people walking down, hand in hand, they're in love, what's the most desired gift? Well, I can tell you it's not diamonds, I can tell you it's not chocolates, but they're really good. Amen? Not those truffles. Oh, man, they get me every time. But it's not diamonds. It's not chocolates. It's not flowers. What is the most desired gift? It's time. It's when your spouse gives you that focused eye contact, gives you that focused time, that focused attention, those focused ears. That's an act of love. Now, we all have different amounts of energy to share, Wealth to share, skills to share, but we all have the same amount of time to share. We all have 168 hours a week, and we get to choose how we're going to use those hours with others. So how are you going to use those hours to express love to others around you? Parents, your family doesn't need more stuff. They need you. They need you just doing stuff with them. They may say, oh, dad, man, I I, got to have that new cell phone. Or, dad, I want that hottest new video game. But what they really want 
is you. More time with you. Later in life, they're not going to remember what you bought them. They're going to remember what you did with them. Think about that. Dr. Richard Swenson wrote this. Take a look at it on the screen. I've come to believe that the speed of society is as much responsible for the problems of personal and social dysfunction as any other single factor. Virtually all of our relationships are damaged by hurry. We're always in a hurry. Many families are being starved to death by velocity. We walk fast, we talk fast, we eat fast. Then we announce, sorry, I gotta run. God, I suspect, doesn't fit any better into our breakneck schedules than our children do. Everybody say wow with me. Wow. Pastor and author Chuck Swindoll writes this. Busyness destroys relationships. It substitutes shallow frenzy for deep friendship. Busyness feeds the ego but starves those who love us. It fills the calendar but fractures the family. And so you you ask, how do I find more time for the people I love in my life? But that's the wrong question. The people you love in your life ought to be your priority. They should never be something that you try to cram into your to-do list, cram into your schedule. No, it's time to figure out how to fit the rest of your life around your priority, those you love. So how do you spend more time with the people you love that you need to show love to? How do you do that? Well, first of all, turn off the TV. But pastor, this is World Series. Go Dodgers, amen? But you can turn off the TV some more. Studies show that Americans spend six hours a day in front of some screen, TV, laptop, 30 hours a week or more in front of some screen, interacting with no one. Get off Facebook. Get off Instagram. Golf nine holes instead of 18. I'm sorry, Chris. (laughs) Ride your mountain bike 10 miles instead of 20 so you'll have more time for those people that you really love. You do have time to participate with those that you love and those who need your love. The Bible says this, live a life filled with love for yourself. Amen? Oh, that's not what it says, is it? (laughs) Live a life filled with love for others, following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins. Real love, like Jesus' love, involves some giving. Real love, like Jesus' love, requires some sacrificing. Just like Jesus showed his love for you by giving himself for you. So I want to give you some homework for tomorrow. Before you crawl out of bed, would you, would you think about just praying something like this? God, if I don't get anything else done today, I'm going to take time to show you that I love you. I'm going to get before you and be still and know that you're God. And I'm going to show love to the people that you put in my life because that's why you put me here on this earth, to love you first and most and others as much as myself. So God, this day I'm going to love you and I'm going to show love to others. Folks, it's time for us to figure out that the best use of our lives is love. The best expression 
of love is time. And here's the third law. And the best time to love is now. Write that down. Best time to love is now. Not tomorrow. Not one of these days. Not when I get around to it. But now. If you've got the opportunity to show love to somebody, do it now. The Bible says this. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. So look at that word, whenever. Whenever. You've got an opportunity in front of you. Whenever God puts somebody in front of you that you can do some good to, do it right then. You know, uh, every Wednesday, uh, Pastor Carlos and I meet at Starbucks up here in Yorba Linda. So if you want to come by, just come on by. But we, we meet at Starbucks every Wednesday morning and we solve all the world's problems right there at Starbucks. And most every uh, Wednesday morning, it, it never fails. As I'm walking up to Starbucks, there's a line of people bustling in after me in their hurry. They want to get their coffee, want to get on the road. And so I have made it my practice. I step aside, I open the door for somebody else, let them go in. And they always say thank you. They're just awesome. But then we get up to the line and they say, hey, go, you, you were here before me. Get in, get in the line. I, I say, you know what? Looks like you're in a hurry. You go ahead of me and I can wait. That's okay. Whenever you have a chance to do something good, however small it is, do some good. So those people that are serving you at the grocery checkout counter, be patient with them. And thank them for their service. When you pick up your meds from the pharmacy, thank them. Help them to have a good day. Give to somebody that God puts in your, in your path. Give, give them some love and some time. Do some good. The Bible says it this way. Use every chance you have for doing good. In other words, if God puts an opportunity in front of you, seize it. Right then, do some good right then. Don't let it pass you by. The Bible says this, whenever you possibly can, do good for those who need it. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. So what am I saying? I'm saying don't delay in doing good. Don't deny somebody from something good they need. Do good now. So here's the question. Who do you need to show love to today? Who is it that maybe you need to make a phone call to today? Who do you need to go visit? Who do you need to sit down and encourage? Who do you need to take a meal to? Who do you need to invite into your home for dinner? Who do you need to open your arms and invite into your circle of friends? You know, we get our circle of friends. Sometimes we close it off. We don't let anybody else in. But who do you need to open your arms to and invite into your circle of friends? Now is the time to do it. And why is that? Because you just never know when you'll have the opportunity again. People die. Kids grow up and leave home. But, but have you noticed? They always leave their pet when they leave home. <laughs> they leave their dog or the bunny for you to take care of. That's just a fact of life. But the time to show love is now. My goal for me and for our whole church families, we focus on love these next 40 days, is that we'll become more loving of God and others than we ever have before. And as people look at Canyon Hills Friends Church, they might say they don't have the biggest property, they don't have the, the, the biggest church or the biggest attendance, but man, do those people know how to love. Amen? They are loving people, doing good every chance they get. 
That's, that's my goal for all of us. I don't know about you, but I want to be known as a person that loves God first and most and others as much as myself. I want people to look at me and say, man, he's a short little pastor getting gray. But that guy loves God. He loves God. And I hope you want that to be said about you. So in these next 40 days, let's pursue loving God and others more because the best use of your time really is love. And the best expression of love is really time. And the best time to love really is now. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? As I pray this prayer, would you consider repeating it in your heart? It's it's short, it's simple, but would you sincerely just simply say something like this? Father, I choose today to make loving you and others the priority of my life. Help me during these next 40 days to love you more and to love others more as well. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your word is so clear that you have kind of boiled all of life down in these two great commands. Lord, we get to running so many different directions and yet you're calling us to do two things. Help us to do them better. I pray in Jesus' name and God's people again said, amen.